Well, welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're going to be joined by our very special guest, the one, the only, the Spurs Insider for everything <laughs> that's related to the silver and black or the Fiesta colored uh, San Antonio Spurs, however you want to call them. The one and only Jeff Garcia. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? What's going on, Joe? Glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. I mean, we've had a, a trying week here uh, in Texas with dealing with all the rolling outages and everybody being without electricity. Everybody's still trying to recover. People here are still thawing out, you know, dealing with the uh, the no water issues is no bueno, no fun. So yeah. all Texans have been miserable this past week, but we persevered and pulled together and we saw a lot of good things, a lot of kindness being showed by our, our fellow Texans in, in spite of the uh, failed grid and ERCOT and everything else going on out there. So we'll leave all that political nonsense for another show, but it's glad to be back. Glad to be talking Spurs basketball with you, Jeff. So let's go ahead and get started and talk about the passing of DeMar DeRozan's dad. Um, mm -hmm. That was uh, something that I actually woke up to, you know, because uh, I actually had electricity once. Mm -hmm. So they would yeah. get on the Twitter you know, and see what's going on on my Twitter line. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, this is one of the first things I saw. And it was uh, your 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 post, Jeff, that yeah. really brought it to my attention of, DeMar DeRozan's dad passing away. So thoughts and prayers are with him. You know, a lot of Spurs sure. fans were concerned about what does this mean? How many games is he going to miss? I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, that doesn't even matter. He, he's exactly. with his family right now. He needs to take as much time as he can, you know, as he needs to be there with his family at this, you know, really hard and difficult time for him. I mean, what do you got to say uh, about yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of already known that he was dealing with personal issues uh, family issues when he took a couple of games off earlier this season. And, uh, well, we know uh, there was some um, problems with his dad. Uh, he did pass away. He left a, a DeMar DeRozan, that is, left a great message um, honoring his father. If you saw it um, on that uh, article you're talking about right now, Joe, at the Spurs Zone, just thanking his dad for pushing him, being there for him, uh, called him big dog. Uh, you know, you can, he shared a photo of his dad wearing a San Antonio Spurs baseball cap. So he was proud of his son. And look, at, you know, it's death is part of life and it's going to happen to everybody. And uh, you just have to deal with it. And he's dealing with it as well. And uh, you, you just have your thoughts and your condolences sent out to the DeRozan family. And, yeah, you know, it's a sad time. But if he needs to take time off, even miss the next game, whether it be Oklahoma City or another game, then, you, you know, you understand and take all the time you need, DeRozan. Yeah, exactly, man. You know, thoughts and prayers are with him and his family during this difficult time. And I, I kind of shared something on Twitter as well about it. It's like when you're dealing with the death of a family member, that's something that you really don't get over. You just mm -hmm. learn to live with it. You know, you're always going to miss that, that loved one, loved one who's no longer with us. So uh, I feel his pain, man. Just, you know, again, just thoughts and prayers are with him and his family right now. Um, right. So, you know, when he gets back with the team, he gets back. So I'm not worried about it, man. The, the, the younger core is going to have to step up mm -hmm. and, and hold the fort in his absence. Yeah, yeah. And if if he does miss a game um, or two uh, to deal with the passing and mourning his father, then we saw what happened last time when those minutes were given to Mar to uh, Lonnie Walker when Minnesota and then Oklahoma City. You know, he had a back to back twenty plus point outing. So you know, the, the, they'll be able to hold the fort down. Uh, well, with if Demar's in decide Demar Derozan decides to take some time out when they resume play. Yeah. So moving on here, one of the things that was kind of the bright spot of my day and, and a lot of other uh, Spurs fans as well, as the team actually returned to San Antonio after being in Charlotte uh, for quite some time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, the, you know, some of the team uh, players were under quarantine. Um, and the problem is they couldn't get back to even if they wanted to because of the weather, you know. So I'm, I'm sure that everybody was glad to be back in San Antonio. I know that Spurs fans are, were glad to to have the team, you know, finally return here. Um, and it was good news, you know, because that means one thing, Jeff, that means that we are going to be having the return of Spurs basketball soon. So I think what the team returned uh, to, to San Antonio sometime around two or three in the afternoon yesterday. Is that correct? I believe you're correct. Yeah. And there's the thing, you know, you're the best case scenario for the Spurs to resume action is to finish out the rodeo road trip, which would be in Oklahoma city. There's nothing official yet from the league or the Spurs, 
when they're going to resume, that's just the best case scenario. Uh, but here's the thing, too, is that you're going to have to deal with not only just starting up again, but there's their legs, the mental side of it. You know, can they keep that mojo going as they were to start the rodeo road trip 2-0? So there's so much is going to be a factor coming into that game, whether it be Oklahoma City uh, or another game. But the first thing you want to know is that everybody is safe. You know, nobody got got it bad. Nobody's in the hospital, so that's good. Uh, there's been a few players that have already come out to say that they they weren't ones to get it. DeJounte Murray, he shared something on Instagram saying, you know, he was locked up for 24 hours and he was saying, I didn't even got that. You know what? So they're frustrated. And you, you understand that Pop was frustrated, too. Earlier in the season, he got a little grumpy with the media. And then he just came out and said, it. he goes, look, I'm just this way because I've been holed up in a room for the past 24 hours because of the NBA uh, and their per, their standards and procedures right now. So there there's a lot going to be going on whenever they return to play. It's just you got to understand the situation. I know Spurs fans are itching for some Spurs basketball, but they got hit hard, man. They, they got hit with that virus. And it's happening to every team. Celtics were out a week. The Wizards, we all saw how the Wizards, they were almost they were depleted. They didn't play for almost a week and a half. Uh, the Thunder got hit with it. Every team is going through it. It just happened to be the Spurs time. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it, like you said, you know, every team's dealing with some type of, of COVID issue, whether it's, you know, the protocols or, you know, somebody, you know, a staffer, maybe even a, a team member coming up with, you know, that's tested positive for COVID. In this case, you know, we know that it was some of the players that maybe had tested positive and every Spurs fan keeps asking me and I'm sure your inbox is getting inundated as well. Who are the players? And I'm just like, the team yeah. need to release that it's private information and, you know, maybe we'll find out eventually, but right now they're just keeping that. Close yeah. To the desk, you know, there's, there's, there was a report um, uh, on the Austrian media side saying that Jakob Pertl wasn't one of them. So, um, you know, out of respect, out of Jakob, I, I didn't put an article about that um, on the Spurs zone because, you know, I mean, whether he has it or not, you know, that's his business. But there was a report from the Austrian press that he wasn't one of them. And you have to remember, too, that Eubanks had it. Becky Hammond had it. Uh, you know, this, now we know the four other Spurs got it. So Weatherspoon. You can think, you can infer that he may have contracted it or was nearby somebody who had it uh, when the Spurs announced before the uh, Charlotte game that he was out because of the health and safety protocols. Just because you're placing the health and safety protocol doesn't mean you got it. That just means either A, they're just doing tracing and maybe you're in that line. Okay, just stand aside. We got to figure this out. So, but that's the closest we've gotten to some sort of confirmation that Weatherspoon was one of them. But again, we don't know if, in fact, he did get the virus. Yeah, exactly. So knowing who has the, you know, who contracted COVID or who had it, it's neither here nor there. You know, at the end of the day, uh, everybody's safe, you know, and Spurs basketball is going to resume once again. Hopefully, like we stated, Jeff, hopefully it returns on Wednesday against OKC. That's what we're, I guess, predicting at this point. Because yeah. if you look, you know, anybody can go online and just look, type in Spurs and, and Google this. And you're going to see that the next game for the San Antonio Spurs is, in fact, OKC. So mm -hmm. hopefully everything will go as planned. And this is the, the best case scenario. We see the Spurs back in action on Wednesday, February the 24th at 7 p.m. We got to think about. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. I thought you were done. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You got to think about this, too, is, you know, does the fact that that they got sick, you know, those four players, how does that impact fans returning to the AT&T Center? You know, they're going to be extra cautious now. You know, they're going to maybe hold off fans coming back to the AT&T Center for maybe a month or so. Um, it could be a while before the Spurs go. Spurs fans see the AT&T Center uh, filled and Spurs players enjoying the, the energy that the fans give. But in, at the end of the day, it's safety first. And I know Spurs fans are itching to go to the AT&T Center uh, or you know, but you got you to gotta think about this. This We're not out of the woods yet. You know, you can't let your guard down. Even Popovich talked about it, too. The last game they had before this pause saying we cannot let our guard down. This is still out there. And I think Spurs fans have to realize that. And remember, this is entertainment. That's what the NBA is. That's why he's called NBA E, Joe, NBA Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And 
your health and safety for you, your family comes first. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to have ramifications, I think, that Spurs fans hadn't thought about yet. And that's one of them. So the return of fans to the AT&T Center could be postponed uh, for maybe a couple of more weeks, maybe a month. We don't know, you know, but but I, you know, really tip my hat off to the Spurs organization uh, for for really thinking about the fans and, you know, wanting to, you know, implement the best practices of trying to, you know, keep the social distancing thing and and just looking out for the best interest of the fan at the end of the day, you know, and I, I know every every team is hurting right now for money and they need revenue and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you can't put a price on a life, you know, so. Mm-hmm. them for doing the right things, you know. So moving forward here, Jeff, let's also talk about some Austin Spurs news, man. We mm-hmm. got a really cool looking Fiesta colored logo, the Austin Spurs. <laughs> and yeah. I don't that, but they also said they're going to have Austin Spurs Fiesta themed merchandise. And right. it's going to be hidden. The I guess it's going to be hidden the streets. It's going to be online uh, for, for ordering, for pre-orders, I believe. Um, starting Monday. So they had some nice stuff. They had the the city of Austin, you know, kind of like we do with San Antonio, all fiesta up, you know, fiesta themed up. The, they had really cool hoodies, T-shirts. They showed some a hat. Um, they, they're going to have masks. I'm sure they're, you know, all these, all this merchandise is going to sell out pretty quick, you know? So I got to ask you, Jeff, what do you think about this Austin Spurs fiesta themed merchandise? Well, I think about this is that the fans are not liking the fact that they share the Fiesta colors with Austin. Many fans think that those Spurs colors belong in San Antonio, not with Austin. Uh, But, you know, that's just more of a uh, pride thing. But as far as the look of the jerseys, I like them. I know there are some Spurs fans saying that the Frost logo is getting in the way, but the HEB logo looks great on there. At the end of the day, just another way to um, promote the the brand that being the San Antonio Spurs and look there are a couple of San Antonio Spurs assignees with Austin right now out in Orlando that being Trey Jones and Lucas Samanich and then, of course a couple of two-way guys you know you got uh, Cam Reynolds out there so all in all I think it's a great way to just get the word out about the Spurs uh, the Fiesta colors and you look at um, just the family idea, the family concept that these colors are being shared with Austin. And they look, hey, they got to put the G League team somewhere. You know, they can't be in San Antonio. So they chose Austin. And look, it's, 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 it's our neighbor in San Antonio. And here's the thing, too, Joe. I think with these Fiesta jerseys, though, uh, you mentioned about like how they're going to be uh, available. I think the way you have to get them is you have to become a fan member first. Like, get to sign up to be a fan. Like kind of like get into the Austin Spurs fan club, if you will. And then from there, then you can get the jerseys. It's not like you can't just go and buy it without being an Austin Spurs club member. Uh, And I think that's how it broke down. So for those fans that are looking to get a jersey, you got to sign up to get them. Wow. How about that? That's something that I think Spurs fans should know. Like you stated, you have to join the fan club before you can actually order the the merchandise. That's something that the Spurs didn't do. I think if you're you are part of the fan club, you probably got a, a an advance notification saying right. the merchandise will be available at such and such times. You might and, have- and I'm and, and I'm hearing that um Spurs fans that bought San Antonio City Edition jerseys that they're seeing a delay in shipping. Is that true? Yeah, it looks like the San Antonio Spurs have fleeced everybody right now. Oh. <laughs> and, and basically what's going on is maybe it's due to, you know, the the high demand of the jerseys themselves and, you know, whatever companies that they, they have, uh, I guess, contracted with uh, to go ahead and make these jerseys. Maybe they're having trouble getting everything out on time because... You know, I mean, COVID-19 has been basically putting a stop to a lot of things, yeah. delaying, you know, shipments, especially shipments coming from overseas. You know, it takes a while for us to get, you know, these jerseys because they're usually not made here in the States. They're going to be coming from overseas. Then by the time they come on a, a shipping container, of course, it's going to be on a boat. Then they have to go through customs and whatnot. I mean, there's probably delay after delay after delay. And I'm sure Spurs fans are all getting antsy right now. And I mean, once they get the jerseys in hand, everything will be copacetic once again. You know, everybody's going to be happy. 
but I can understand their frustrations. You know, they, they, they want their jerseys now. They were promised them in February. They still haven't been, you know, delivered. And I'm sure that the Spurs have already probably set out, sent out notifications via email to, to some of the fans notifying them, you know, about the delay. So it's just one of those things, dude. And please don't go out and buy the bootleg uh, jerseys. They not <laughs> awful. I've seen some up close. They're, they're not what you think. You know, they're not really stitched. The, and if they are stitched, you can see the threads coming apart. I mean, it, the color <laughs> is different. The quality is bad. Just, let's just say you don't want to be near an open flame when you're wearing one of these things, Jeff. No, 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 no. Not at all. Did you get some? I did. You know, I, I got a, I got a cap and I got a cap as well. I got a couple for, for me and my, my son and for my nephew. My nephew lives in, in Maryland and he's a big time Spurs fan. So he's like, Unky, can you get me one? I'm like, yes, yeah, I'll get you one, man. You know, so he's waiting for his too. I mean, we're all in the same boat right now. Uh, man. And, you know, I can't wait to get this gear. But, you know, the one thing that's, that's more disappointing to me than anything is I would, you know, once you get the gear in hand, that's going to be one thing you're going to see, you know, fans putting pictures everywhere like crazy. But the thing is that these jerseys were were made specifically for us to be able to wear together at, you know, the AT&T Center watching a game together. You know, that time will come. You know, to me, that's just the the one aspect of the of, of this that I, I really wanted to experience. You know, being able to be there and see the faces of all the fans in attendance watching a game on one of these retro nights with the court and everything. That is going to be a special day, Jeff. It really is. I think if once they do decide to open up the AT&T Center and bring in fans, oh, look, it's, it's not going to be packed to the max. I'm pretty sure it's going to be an uh, X amount that can only go in. But they really should have that being a fiesta night. They really should. I agree. It should be a fiesta night and they should be able to, you know, really give us that that retro feel, you know, like playing the old music they used to play in mm-hmm. the dome, you know, maybe maybe the coyote will wear pants for that night. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I always try to get him to wear pants. I like I like playing around with them. I know he's not going to do it, but it's just me poking fun at him. Um, and, you know, it's just the nostalgia factor, you know, even showing the old videos, you know, the old commercials. Uh, from back in the 90s, you know, back in the day that that's that's going to be fun, Jeff. It really is. And I'm pretty sure that day when fans are allowed to come back in, it's going to be very special. Yeah. What was your favorite commercial from back in the 90s? You remember the intros? That oh, you man. Yeah, they had them jumping over the uh, downtown uh, buildings. Sean and David were throwing the ball, acting like giants uh, on yeah. downtown. Um, some of the old school commercials. There was one that um back in the heyday of the uh, spurs lakers rivalry where um uh, uh, they would like pull not make fun of the lakers but just hype up the um the spurs lakers rivalry where you know the spurs would beat them in the series and they'll say hey last time the spurs beat the lakers in the series and it was like kind of one of those local ads to get you hype for the game that was going to be broadcasted locally there was also this um commercial with um I believe it was called. See, a lot of people don't remember this. There was a, a period, and this, this is a um, the Fiesta jerseys came out during an era where um, the go, it was before the Go Spurs Go uh, chants began. Before that, it was called. Um, well, actually, there was two mottos. There was the "I Love My Spurs" campaign before the Go Spurs Go campaign, which stuck for years now, yeah. and before that, the "I Love My Spurs." It was the fast breaking Fiesta. So yeah. back then they used to have these commercials and the fast breaking Fiesta was like, it looked like a Phoenix Suns logo, but instead of like going up, it was going sideways and had like these streaks and it just said fast breaking Fiesta kind of making like the ball going fast. Those are some promotions um, that, I, that I remember. And there was also a lost logo. Uh, there was a, there was a lost alternate logo and it was actually green. The Spurs brought in like a very deep, emerald green and on top of it was the uh, spurs u with the little spur of the spikes on it that was that was on their jerseys for a while and that died out fast that didn't really stick joe if i remember and it, it was they actually wore warm-up shirts yeah that had that green logo with the spur on it yeah i wasn't a fan of that man i just like why are you wearing that that you know didn't didn't really make sense you know why green no. i mean unless they yeah. were trying to play 
homage to the Chaparral days. You know, I don't I don't know. Maybe that was it. But who knows, man? I, I just wasn't a fan of the logo. I'm just I'm glad mm-hmm. it, it died out quick. You know, yeah, but and then uh, there used to be Lone Star was a, a big sponsor of the Spurs, and uh, Lone Star beer was everywhere in the Hemisphere Arena on tickets, and you cannot escape the Lone Star beer logo. Just like right now, you, you can't escape the H E B logo. Every it's like everywhere in 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 or the Frost logo. It was the exact same thing uh, back in the day. Lo, uh, Lone Star beer was everywhere in the Hemisphere Arena. Yeah, that's some good beer. Those are those were the days, you know. And mm-hmm. also, people don't realize that when you would go to a game, let's say in Hemisphere, you were allowed to smoke. You had the yes, sure. smoking. They were smoking cigars. Mm-hmm. Players smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> cigarettes. Yeah, it was coaches. I mean, was, it was bad. <laughs> it was common. Yeah, everybody loved it, and uh, they did it. And then uh, one other thing too, they used to have the. Um, there used to be back in the day too a live band. In oh, yeah, the, I, um, I think it was the Alamo Dome. Um, it was called it was a band. It started with an S like um, I, I don't remember correctly, but it was like Sturgio or Studio or something like that. And it was like an old tiny band and um, they would play music during that timeouts or pregame. Yeah. And that's when they started bringing in the mariachis as well during the mm-hmm. playoffs and all that. When they would show us on national TV, they had the mariachis greeting the fans as they were coming into. Yeah, Elmo Dome, and then of course that tradition carried on with the uh, with the AT and T Center because I remember yeah. all, all the mariachis inside greeting everybody as they came through the door. So a lot of good memories, man. I'm glad mm-hmm. that that you know to be a part of this, and I'm glad that they brought the Fiesta colors back. I'm glad that they're kind of sharing the love a little bit with Austin because at the end of the day, it is an extension of the team, you know. So I can exactly. understand why they're doing that, um, but I, I understand the aspect of the Spurs fans as well. The, the Fiesta colors belong here in San Antonio because it's more than just the colors. You know, it, it's part of the, the culture. You know, it's part of our raza. It's part of our blood. It's part of our people, mm-hmm. you know, more than just the colors. So I, I understand where they're coming from. But let's go ahead and move forward here and let's go ahead and talk about some Luka Samanich. Or how does that is Pledger call him sandwich? Well, he doesn't call him sandwich anymore. Uh, he bumped him up now. He calls it by his full name now. Oh wow, Pledger! Pledger giving props to, to Luca now, man. And he is. He's on the Luca bandwagon now. So okay, I'm 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 with it, man. I'm all I'm all for Luca. You know, I like Luca Samanich, and uh, you know, one of the things that that he said, and it was in a I guess a post that I saw on on your Twitter line, uh, Jeff. You had I talked with him, and you had said that uh, Samanich had spoke with you about an aspect of himself that isn't about X's and O's. It's about the mental slash emotional side of things. Luca uh, seeks to over- overcome shyness as part of his development, you know, and I can, and I can relate to this because at one time when I was younger, I was shy, you know? So it, it's something that you have to work on and you have to really work at growing outside of your comfort zone, you know, and this kid, he's coming from overseas. He's coming in, you know, to the States here, it's a different culture, a different atmosphere, mm-hmm. learning all these things. I mean, you're not going to feel quite yourself. And there's a lot of things that you have to work on, you know, and as, as, as he attested to the mental and emotional sides of, side of things plays a big factor in how he's going to develop as a player and how is he going to get how much better he can get once he, you know, all those things really start coming into and to play for him, you know, he starts finding his center. So I like what he's doing right now, Jeff. He's looking like a a man amongst boys right now in, in the G League. Yeah, and, you know, that he is. Everybody who is, you know, giving that Lucas slander, they're kind of eating crow right now because the kid's looking good in Austin. This is what he needs, you know, to develop his game. But go ahead and then, you know, enlighten us a little bit more about what he said and, and where they can go ahead and see the full article. Yeah, uh, it was, it was a good little chat I had with him and I wasn't expecting him to do uh, reveal that when I uh, chatted with him, I thought it was just going to be simply, you know, yeah, you know, I just got to get more reps in. I, you know, I got to work with the training style. I thought it was going to be something like that. And then how it started was because he had just finished a game and I had noticed that he was directing traffic and it's something I didn't see with the Austin team last year 
And obviously, I didn't see it in the San Antonio team whenever he got time with the San Antonio Spurs. So I had asked him, I go, hey, so I noticed you're kind of directing traffic there. Uh, you know, tell me where guys were to go. And I asked him, I go, is that, and I'm thinking just, hey, are you, is that something you're working on? Just your, you know, point guard slash point forward direction, you know, skills. And yeah. then he says, no, he says, he goes, part of that development is breaking out of his shyness. And um, from that point on, he just opened up and he's saying, he admitted that he has an issue with shyness and that uh, it's something that he, by his own admission, uh, inhibited him last year in San Antonio and that he had to break out of it. And that's what he's trying to do is break out of that mold and become more demonstrative, uh, more of a vocal leader with Austin. And he wants to really improve that. And right, right off the bat, though, he, he told me that it was just more mental. And kudos to him because in my chat with him, he told me that uh, he, he fessed up in, in the sense of he had his opportunities in his rookie season. And he flat out said, he goes, I did not take advantage of him. So there's a maturity there. There's, you know, the recognition of there's work to improve on outside of the X's and O's in the stat line. And I think that is something that I think fans needed to see was that there's the emotional side of his development, the mental side of his development. You know, we, we, we applaud uh, DeMar DeRozan for opening up about mental health and emotional health. Well, here's Luca doing exactly that. He's opening up about a character issue that he has that he feels inhibits him. But he's breaking out of it and then some with Austin right now. I mean, he currently leads the team in scoring and, and rebound and double-double machine. You know, he is their go-to guy. And when he's not playing because he did miss a game, their Austin team is 0-1. So um, there's that. And I think fans forget that he was a he, he was a teenager when he was selected. And I know, you know, you can point to Tony Parker. He was also a teenager too when he was picked. But, you know, not all players are built the same. And – uh, you, you see that he's still trying to work out of it because uh, I did speak with him days later and uh, I had asked him, hey, you know, DeJounte Murray says that he keeps in contact with you guys. Like, what has Murray said to you? He told me X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. And then it pops up again, the shyness. He says, but I don't like to really talk to them a lot because I don't want to bother them. So he could tell that he's still working out these kinks and but, it, you know, he's he's getting it out quick because, boy, is he putting on a show in Austin. If you have not seen him uh, play with the Austin Spurs out in the Orlando bubble, then you're missing out on a treat a post up game running the floor, uh, not afraid to take the three point shot, miss or make the go to guy. And Joe, he's being a bully in a good way. He's yeah. playing bully ball. I mean, just posting guys up to death and then scoring on them, attacking the rim. He's constantly in attack mode. Now, are there things to work on? Sure, his three-point shot needs to fall a little bit more consistently. He's starting to show somewhat of a little bit of a mid-range game. It's it's not perfect, but at least he's trying. But inside and attacking the rim, going full force, way better. He's he He's looking like he's just playing against a bunch of kids out there. And... You know, you look at the team, the San Antonio team, that is, and they're going to go to floor with the youth moving, which they are. And if he continues playing this way, then he has to factor in because you're likely going to see a few of the veterans not be in San Antonio next year. So those are spots open up. You know, the chance of Lamarcus coming back, probably slim. Rudy Gay coming back, maybe, maybe not. But if any of those veterans leave, even DeMar DeRozan, it's not a lock that he's back. Those are minutes for him. And I think he needs to get afforded the same opportunities to grow and take the lumps on the NBA side, just as DeJounte Murray did, just as Lonnie Walker is doing, just as Keldon Johnson is doing. He hasn't been given that chance. Other young Spurs have been given that chance to mess up. Why do Spurs fans get on him when he messes up when he was in the NBA level playing last year, making mistakes? We all saw the big one last year in the, the bubble. Twice it happened where Keldon Johnson and DeJounte Murray had to shove him in place on defense in that final game against, uh, I believe it was the Jazz. But those are the lumps. So why is it okay to allow and Spurs fans to say, hey, 
yeah, let's go with the youth movement and let them learn. Let them know. If they mess up, that's fine. That's fine. Because they're going to learn. They're going to learn. They're going to get better. But Lucas should be afforded that. And and I think that's there's a little bit of an unfairness um, when it comes to that side of the criticism of Luca. Yeah. And just, you know, to let everybody know what he's doing right now in the Gubble. Uh, he's what he's played, what, five games? Five um, games. Yeah. And, and he's averaging about 32.4 minutes points, 22.8 points per game. You know, his field goal percentage is 0.462. He's not really good from beyond the arc, but he can shoot it from time to time. He's averaging about 0.276, which is around, eh, we'll round, round it up, Jeff. It's about 28% from beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. His free throws, you know, he's he's not bad. He's about 70, 71%, 0.714. So he has, you know, he's averaging two assists. 0.02 steals and 0.02 blocks. But you do like the defense that he plays, you know, and you like his handles. And you like his court vision. You like his decision making. I think he's really starting to grow. I like a lot of things that he's doing with different aspects of his game. I think we're really starting to see him get comfortable out there and be and start getting that confidence. You know, really, at the end of the day, I think that's all he's lacking is just that confidence. Bust out of that. Yeah, I know that goes back to the shyness. I think that's yeah. inhibiting that. Yeah. Exactly. You know, just bust out of that shyness. He's going to build that confidence. And once those two things come together, you know, he's busting out of that shyness, build up that confidence. And his game is coming along quite well. And when those two are going to finally meet somewhere in the middle, better watch out because it's going to be Luca's time to shine. And another thing is that Luca, currently in the gubble, he's number four in points per game. Uh, I believe that the only other players, yeah, the only other players that are in front of him are number one is Jordan Poole, who's averaging 25.3 points per mm-hmm. game. Number two is Paul Reed, averaging 23.8 points per game. Ignas Brazdikis, 23.3 points. And then you have Luca mm-hmm. at number four, averaging 22.8 points per game. So that goes to show you just how good one Luka Samanic is uh, playing right now in the gubble. So. I got I got high hopes for this kid, man. I think the ceiling's high for him, and I think Spurs fans just need to stop with the slander, man. Just come around, be you know, give the kid some positive encouragement, man. Don't 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 go out there and start you know making him feel worse than he already does already, man. He's telling you he's going through some things, man. Like, come on, man. Like, be positive for this kid. You know, you if you're a, a true Spurs fan, you want to see him do good, and I know I do. I know you mm-hmm. do, Jeff. Yeah, I do. And I just want him to be afforded the same opportunities, last chances to shine in with the San Antonio club, because there's a bit of unfairness. Now, it's it's on him, though. Let's just say last next season. OK, Luca, your time. Go ahead. Do what you got to do in the NBA level. And at the end of the season, it's not working out. Well, that's on him because he's given that opportunity. But Throughout that, let's just, or again, we're just pretending next season he gets that opportunity with the San Antonio club that he goes, he has his ups and his downs, he has his mistakes, he messes up or some of that. And then he has his shining games and his bright games. That's fine. That's okay. But if, if, if the opportunity that he is given next year, if that's there, and if he doesn't pan out, that's on him. But if he does pan out, that's on him too. At the end of the day, the common thread is the opportunity. Give him the opportunity, the chance. Yeah, exactly. So as me and Jeff move away from this subject, you know, we're we're team Luca, man. We're all in on Luca Samanic. And if you haven't, make sure that you do go and watch some of these G League G League games. I believe they're going to be televised. They're right now uh, they play some games on ESPN Plus. So quit being a cheapo and go out there <laughs> and actually pay. I think it's only like 5 or 6 bucks for yeah. for ESPN Plus, but if you get the trio like I do, you get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus all together, it's like 11 bucks, man. And then you can go and watch a whole bunch of different sporting events and, and you know, some really great TV and some really good programming, one including WandaVision, which me and Jeff are a big fan of. So yep. don't be cheap, man. Go out there, get the subscription so you can watch all the, the Austin Spurs games. But moving on here, Jeff, we're going to start bringing it to a close. But I do got to ask you, there's been a lot of clickbait articles that are just floating around out there. Rumors swirling, you know, just all over the place. And some of them are all these things I think are starting from 
less reputable sources, you know, people who we've never even heard of uh, putting things out there and they're starting to catch fire about trade rumors concerning one Rudy Gay and one LaMarcus Aldridge. I've even seen reports from coming out of Miami, you know, people starting the trade rumor out there, maybe because I think it was, uh, what's his name? Duncan Robinson was on a, on a podcast wearing a Spurs shirt. So there you go. Everybody was, was saying, mm-hmm. Oh, he wants to be a San Antonio Spurs. Let's make a trade. And I'm like, dude, at the end of the day, I don't, I'm not buying this, man. I think it's just clickbait. It, it could be something that people really want at the end of the day, you know, maybe Miami seeing something and getting a veteran as, you know, as, as, as like Rudy Gay on their team, kind of helping the team a little bit more. There's some value there for both Rudy and for LaMarcus. I mean, it's just getting ridiculous at this point, Jeff. So you want to clear some of these rumors up? Should we be concerned? Is there something to it or is it just clickbait? Well, you look at the Rudy Gay situation and that was coming out of the Miami Herald. So at least the Herald's contacts are saying that the Heat are expressing interest and in attempting to trade with San Antonio for Rudy Gay. So, but they can talk all they want. The Heat, I mean, at the end of the day, the Spurs got to agree to it. And if it's just simply a one for one, that's a, a straight up deal, player for player. Well, Miami doesn't really have that much. And unless the Spurs want to get a banged up Myers Leonard who's out injured, and yeah, he's a promising big, but you know, you have to wait on him. Kelly Olinick. He's a scorer. He's a, he's a veteran, but Rudy Gay gives you more than what uh, Kelly Olenek does. Look, they're not going to get rid of Duncan Robinson. They're not going to trade Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo. They're, they're not going to go that route. So I think it's just more of an interest. At the end of the day, I don't think anything pans out, especially for me now. There's some sort of package. Okay, fine. You know, well, now we're talking. You, you know, we're you know, but you'll have to get rid of guys like Lonnie Walker if if the Spurs want to net a Bam out of Bayou or, or, or a Tyler hero of uh, that kind of caliber. But I, I think that I just think the Spurs are not going to do anything with Miami. And then of course, LMA trade reports, quote unquote, they've been out there since what the off season. I the, think the bubble. I think. Yeah. That too. But again, nothing, you know, now is, is it, should it not be out of the realm of possibility that he gets traded before the trade deadline? No, of course not. He's an expiring deal. More than likely, he's not in the long-term plans for San Antonio. So if the Spurs see a deal where they can net something uh, instead of losing something, fine. But at the end of the day, even if he walks, there's still a positive because that's a lot of money coming off the Spurs' books. They don't want to try to trade and then have that kind of money on their books moving forward. The Spurs going to be with a lot of cap flexibility after this season. So there's still a benefit of him walking, so to speak, uh, and moving on to a different team if he chooses that. So, yeah, I mean, they're just good for food for thought. If anything, Spurs fans, just take it as that. Just food for thought, you know, talking point discussions. Uh, but we all know this. The Spurs rarely make major midseason deals. And usually they they get busy in the waiver wire or in the offseason. And even in the offseason, it's still relatively quiet. The only reason why they were there was a lot of noise with them recently is because of Kawhi Leonard wanting out. And that's why there was big noise in the offseason with the Spurs trying to make a deal. But since that day till now, there's they were still quiet in the offseason. They were quiet in the draft. Uh, they were not trying to move up. I mean, maybe they tried, but I mean they weren't really heavy hitters, they weren't heavy players. They stayed pat, and they got Devin Vassell, which in hindsight was a great, the best move. He fell to them. So the Spurs rarely make major moves. I expect the same thing to continue. Nothing major on the horizon. Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you on that one. I don't I don't really foresee any any shakeups, any big trades occurring. You know, for the rest of this this season, I think we're just going to be dealing with more and more of these rumors. I believe there was even one circulating with the Celtics, you know, being interested in and LaMarcus. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of teams being interested, you know, in one trading for LaMarcus or Rudy. I'm, I'm sure they contact the Spurs like crazy all the time. And the Spurs are probably like, man, if you, if you really want to make a trade, call us when you're serious. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure they get offers from every team, 
you know, but I, again, you 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 start hearing these little rumors, little things start to leak out. Oh, such and such team may be contacted the Spurs because they're interested in making a trade for LaMarcus or Rudy. But it's like you said, Jeff, at the end of the day, how likely are the Spurs to go ahead and, and pull the trigger on that? Not very likely. Yeah, no, not very likely at all. Yeah. So as we go ahead and bring this to a close, man, I, I got to ask you this last question. And I mean, we, we're not going to go deep because we don't, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Just in a few words, what did you think about the latest episode of WandaVision? Here's what I thought. Obvious. That's what I thought. I thought obvious. Yeah. That was my first thing I thought. Like, y'all couldn't see this was going to happen. Uh, so that was it. But as far as for fans who didn't see it, who didn't see it coming, then I thought, I thought it, was a, it was a home run. Um, you know, I thought the way uh, Wanda discovered something was up was uh, creative. I thought that the hint of, I'm guessing I'm not giving away anything here. Uh, the big reveal in the episode for those who haven't seen it. I'm assuming the girl that broke in is Photon. Yeah. Is, is that her? Yeah, that's Monica Rambo, and and that's yeah. what they've been alluding to for that quite some time now. That she's Photon. Yeah. Even okay. if you watch the episode, like the first one, when they showed her mom, her the her, I guess her nickname was photon mm-hmm. you know so it was kind of already alluding alluding to that you know there was little hints here and there so yeah i, I thought it was a good episode man um I, I was i'm gonna be honest dude i wanted more but that's just me as a fan you know the, i think the episodes are just too too short in my opinion i want i it's want more episodes. Quick. i felt like i blinked and it was over yeah it's like 30 minutes goes by quick you know and and the 30 minutes are being generous because at the end you're including the the end credits and all that other stuff you know that goes on after the episode ends so did you stay for the full thing mm-hmm. it was a little yeah. little treat so that's all we can say if you haven't seen it make sure you watch past the credits there's a little treat for you there yeah, yeah don't don't log off you just keep on watching you know just fast forward yeah keep on watching it keep on watching it like you know jeff said fast forward I thought it was good, man. I just think that that Disney should just release the full season all at once, man. Let's stop with this week to week nonsense. It's, you're not you're not a TV uh, station, you know, or, or like a, mm-hmm. a nationally syndicated station that's out there, you know, that, oh, we got to keep the viewers coming back every week. Just give it give us what we want. We want the whole thing all at once. If we want to watch the whole thing and binge on it for, for one full day let us do that you know it's like why release it just once a week i mean do the ratings really mean that much in in the world of online streaming i I didn't know if it was the same as it was with tv so it's just me dude i mean would you rather watch it all at once or are you kind of you know why they do that because they don't want people subscribing and bailing yeah well this is the way jeff you know that man (laughs) yeah just one at a time you watch Netflix and Netflix lets everything out. Yeah. You watch your show and then there you go. It's, it's out. But I also got to ask you one thing, cause we're, we're going to throw in a little bit of pop culture and, and some of the, the things that we like too. So I know you saw the latest Mortal Kombat trailer. What did you think? Were you hyped or are you oh, going to have something to yes. complain about? No, no, no. I, I was hyped. Uh, well, I mean, you know me, I'm a purist and yeah. you know, were there little things that bothered me? Yeah. Minor. Like I, I felt that, um, uh, Kano, the actor portraying him was a little bit on the too thin side. I think he needed to be a little physically bigger, but you know, it is what it is. I, I like the fact they brought in the laser beam. eye. I thought that was cool. That was missing from the originals back in the nineties, but all in all, it looks like it's going to be an exciting, brutal, not for kids movie. And that's the way it should be. Um, if for those of y'all don't remember when Mortal Kombat first came out back in the day, it was a brand new video game. It meant a lot of government pushback because of the violence that it portrayed. And the violence for that time, well, it's not it's not as allowable as it is maybe now. Uh, you know, there was the drums were beating from parent groups, the government that it, it needed to go uh, because it was such a you know, violent movie. I mean, violent video game. But 
it got to the point where they would slap warning labels on the video games. And that's how you see that's one of the reasons why there's warning labels on video games now. Mm. But that's what made it enjoyable because of the brutality of it. And you know, maybe we were different then, Joe, and you and I as you know, as kids, you perhaps we had the mental ability to separate fact from fiction. We knew this was just a video game. We knew it wasn't real, but uh, you know, but you know, there was an outcry. And you fast forward to the movies they made in the nineties, they were tame in comparison to the video game. There wasn't, it wasn't bloody. It, 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 there were the fights good, of course, you know, for those of y'all who've never seen the reptile Liu Kang nineties fight, go watch it. The, your hero Liu Kang gets his, you know, what served to him. So um, those fights were good, but it still lacked something, which was the brutality, the fatality, as they say, in the video game. And now we're finally getting it. And I think that's what's been missing. And look, it's it's rated R for a reason. Um, no, it's not about sex and all that stuff. It's just about the violence that the yeah. video game brought. And you're finally going to get it. And it, it's such it's going to be a good movie. Uh, the Sub-Zero Scorpion fight that they already showed. I think it, you get a glimpse of the level of fun, quote unquote, we're going to get when it comes out. And just seeing the characters come to life, seeing some surprise characters that were not teased goro was going to be in it it looks like um i think i think joe that was reptile they showed quickly in reptile form like it is in a lizard form so yep. it's gonna be fun yeah i think it's gonna be fun it, it looks interesting you know but i say pump the brakes a little bit because we've been here before where we see movies that just kill it you know when they release trailers and then they just kind of deliver a lackluster uh, performance when you actually see the the final version of the film. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm proceeding with caution. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, you proceed with caution because historically, video games to movies have not really had much success. Maybe the original Mortal Kombat was good. The Laura Croft series, Vangelo Jolie, or the recent iteration of it was okay. But then you have major flops. Super Mario Brothers was a Ooh. horrific flop. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, their Assassin's Creed was horrific. Prince of Persia was horrific. Then um, you got some that were like right there, you know, that could have been good. I mean, I, I know there are a lot of fans think that Silent Hill was good. I think it was good. I think it, it was just lacking something. It felt like while well, I was watching the Mortal Kombat version of the 90s when I saw Silent <laughs> Hill, it, it took away some of the brutality, the, yeah. the over-the-top horror. It was gone. Um, but it was okay. So... Video games to movies don't work. And if you want another recent example, Sonic. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I think it, I mean, the fact they put human teeth on Sonic was a, was a bad, bad thing. Good thing they fixed it, though. Yeah, I actually enjoyed the movie Sonic, dude. I, I kind of like watching that, you know? So, yeah, with my family, that was one of the last movies we, we watched before the COVID thing, uh, you know, came out and, and reared yeah, it. out with Sonic 2 already. Yeah, I saw that, man. So I'm down with that. Tails is going to be in it. Tails, man. I want to see Tails. Yeah. You know, but I, I, we like to talk about this. And in closing here, Jeff, you had something special to add to this, too, because one of your most beloved video games of all time, Contra, is celebrating <laughs> its birthday today. And yeah, I'm happy birthday, Contra. I'm going to put you on the spot because I know the code by heart. Oh my God. Do you remember the code? Do you remember the code? <gasps> up, up, down was the first one. Yeah, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, left right, left, right, start. start. Yeah. yeah, start, and then you're done. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So we still remember that. And I remember uh, playing. I'm rusty, though. I'm rusty. <laughs> I, I still remember playing that in the arcades, playing that on the old school Nintendo, you know, and even the, the Super Contra, Contra 2, you know, I remember all those. So a lot of great memories, Jeff. I'm, I'm sure you're going to wind up. Uh, maybe I going still get my butt kicked by it. It's hard, dude. It's, tough. it's a rough game. These kids, man, nowadays, dude, they don't know the struggle, man, that that was back then. <laughs> and these games, especially Contra, was notoriously hard. That one, and I think the other one was that Ghouls and Ghosts. That was horrible, dude. Horrible. Uh, Ghouls and Ghosts or Ghosts and Goblins? Ghosts and Goblins. That's what it was. Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah. And then they released yeah. the one for the Super Nintendo. I think that was Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, as if, as if the first one wasn't bad enough. Yeah, exactly, dude. So where can they go ahead and see all the great things that you got coming out for the Spurs Zone? 
Yeah, I go to the Spurs Zone, News 4 San Antonio and Fox29SanAntonio.com. Um, there's so much there for you to enjoy, uh, especially the Lucas Ominich article. That went over well with fans. Fans really enjoyed getting the side and getting to read about a side of Luca that he's never shown before. And you know, thank you, Sominich, for opening up for me. I appreciate that. But aside from that, you can see more about that heat, gay interest, you know, from the Miami Herald. Uh, also, too, although it is a long shot, but you never know, top NBA draft prospect Jonathan Kaminga spoke with me recently, and he shared some thoughts about the Spurs and what were to happen if the Spurs were to select them in the uh, 20, what would that be, 2022 draft show or 2021? I don't know. The, the schedule's all messed up. Whatever the next draft is. 2022, yeah. yeah. So uh, there's so much more, including a chat I had with DeJounte Murray about his three-point shot and how it's improved. Go check it out of the Spurs Zone. Subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your pod, your favorite podcast. Uh, we're having a uh, very special guest next week. We're pushing for Monday. So you really want to tune in to Locked On Spurs next week. That's, that's all I'm going to say. You got to tell me after we get off the air. <laughs> <laughs> So well, I'll find out, but I won't I won't share it with nobody. I'll, I'll keep it a secret. All right, thank you. <laughs> but make sure you go and follow Jeff as well on Twitter. And he's at Jeff G Spurs Zone. So make sure you go and follow him for all your latest Spurs updates and, you know, breaking news. Jeff's a great follow on Twitter. And he also likes to talk about anything and everything that has to do with geekdom. You know, if you got a, a new anime. Including, including, including a celebration of one of them severely underrated Disney movies, uh, The Emperor's New Groove. Severely oh, underrated. I like that one. That one's hilarious, dude. It's it's comedic genius, man. Yeah, it really is. You know, and I, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been watching Demon Slayer and mm -hmm. Hunter X Hunter. Beautiful. Well, Hunter, Hunter X Hunter takes... Ugh. You got to get through that, man. You got to yeah. get through that first season, at least to the end of the first. Then the last few episodes, it's a big payoff. But yeah, you know, don't bail. I almost bailed, but. I'm not bailing, but I'm, yeah. I'm getting through Demon Slayer. And I got to say, I like that one, man. I'm, I still got to finish the other part of the season, but I'm liking what I see so far. You're going to enjoy it. I mean, the art, the artwork is just beautiful by itself. Yeah. The, art, yeah. the animation art is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, are there issues that I have? Yeah, of course. I think. I forget his name because they talk so fast, but the, the, the redhead kid who has the lightning power with the sword, he can get a very annoying, very annoying, too annoying. But when he goes into rage mode, oh my goodness, it's awesome. Yeah, man. He throws hands, dude. So <laughs> got to watch. Rosie. Yeah. All so right. It's just too far if you between. Yeah. So me and Jeff, like we, we tell you guys, we're big nerds. So we got to throw that in there somewhere. It, it is, uh, you know, we like talking sports, but we got to throw that in there for fun. So you can also follow me at Two Shots Podcast, all spelled out, not the number two, but two, T-W-O, Two Shots Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So for Jeff Garcia, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, be kind, we're out, peace. <laughs>